Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you want to buy a home or refinance your current home, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there for home loan solutions and fit your life. Rocket can. All right. Uh, a buddy of mine is joining us next. I've had this guy on my show. We've been uh, on air at the same radio stations at the same time over several different cities and states. Uh, he's a uh, baseball uh, wonk as far as I'm concerned. But he is branching out, doing all sorts of new things. Uh, Sports with Friends podcast, Hall of Justice podcast, uh, Twitch coverage of Thursday night football. Our buddy Seth Everett, MLB Insider, jumps aboard here on CBS Sports Radio. How have you been, Mr. Everett? Jody Mack, do me a favor. How are you? I'm good. Are you still happily married, by the way? Happily married, just not uh, not, not really doing much with baseball these days. All right. Well, I'm sorry. You still know baseball inside and out, and I know you're missing. You're not missing out on it because you're still following it, but you might not be talking about it on a day in day out basis like you used to. Yeah. But I do want to get your thoughts on a couple of things because I was thinking about. Sure. I need somebody of my age, of of my experience, and your, yours was the name that immediately popped to mind because. I'm not understanding a couple of things. We'll get to the lockout and what's going to happen in baseball in 2022 oh. in a second. But the Hall of Fame this week with their different committees inducted some uh, guys who had been passed on by the writers for a long period of time. Some guys who I always thought should have gotten in, so I don't have a problem with them getting in. But others I'm not so sure about. What do you think of what the MLB Hall of Fame has become, that it is ever-expanding, that it used to be just you had to get in via the writer's vote. Now there are different ways, veterans committees, era committees, and the like. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I think it's a smart thing in the sense that uh, they are honoring history where there are still people alive that remember them. And I think that's important, you know, uh, this sport real is the hall of fame is a museum. It's not part of major league baseball. And what the hall of fame, I believe is realizing, and I have some dear friends that work for the hall of fame and have for decades, they want to do their best to create any kind of positive buzz. They hate the ballot process because the ballot process with the writer's ballot and the fact that in the last 20 years, electronic media has taken over. But yet, if you're in electronic media or you wrote for MLB.com, you can't get a Hall of Fame vote. Um, their voting process is an absolute sham. So anytime they do something that is just trying to sell the sport to someone that gives a crap about them, I am for it. 
Um, what they did was nice. Dick Allen should have been included. But the reality of it is, you know, you limit the amount of votes that each of these committee members gets, and that's the, the, the lot that you're going to get. You know, will I sleep better at night knowing that Gil Hodges is a Hall of Famer? I never cared. I'll be honest. And the, and the people that cared about Gil Hodges are generations past their prime. It's not just when I was growing up and I heard the name Gil Hodges, just like I heard the name Roger Maris or Mickey Mantle. But what they are now are they are legends. They are just, you know, bookmarks in an encyclopedia. And so now what they've done is they brought them back to the limelight, let their franchises honor Jim Cotton, Minnie Minoso, and whomever. I'm fine with that. And I was the big Gil Hodges guy only because I got it from my father, who told me he was the greatest defensive first baseman, right-handed defensive first baseman in the history of the game. So I've been making the case for him all these years and was glad to see he got in. But – uh, as a baseball fan and a guy who does it and talks about it on the air, I've always thought that I could hold a pretty good opinion on who should get in, who shouldn't get in, who won't get in, who will become a Hall of Famer and the like. But I don't know how to judge these new committees, and that bothers me. You're telling me get over it because it's good for the game? No, no, no. What it is is it's good for the museum. That, that's all it is. It's, it, it doesn't make a difference in the game. Okay. Because what it does, you know, that in, in of the six Hall of Famers, you know, three of them didn't even have any footage of actual footage of them playing. Bud Fowler. I mean, again, I'm all for these guys getting in. It doesn't diminish anything that you fought for for all these decades. And it doesn't change the Bonds-Clemens debate. It doesn't change the A-Rod discussion. It doesn't change the fact that there was a threat. For example, there was a threat that the Hall of Fame was going to release the ballot of every writer. And that's why Mariano Rivera was 100% of the vote, not because he's the best baseball player ever. The voting process is the sham, not the museum. If the museum wants to put Buck O'Neill in the Hall of Fame, again, I'll embrace it. But does not Buck the voting... O'Neill, Buck O'Neill, by the way, was a great guy and an amazing ambassador for the Negro League. Well, then that's good. Got a chance got to meet him a dozen times, and I interviewed him a bunch. He was a wonderful person to talk to. That's great to hear. Seth Everett here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, you say the problem is the voting process. Well, doesn't the Hall of Fame control the voting process? They can yeah. change it any time they want. But they don't want because they believe in the strength of a union. And the Baseball Writers Association of America. Now, the, the, the BBWAA did not commit a crime here. What I'm saying is, at, with the changing times, and this goes back to Jeff Idelson when he was president, uh, Forbes Clark when, when she was the, 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 the president of the Hall of Fame, it, it, it goes back to when you started to notice radio and television's prominence, and now there's other technology. For example... I sleep well at night never knowing I will never have a Hall of Fame vote. I, I have covered this I have covered this sport for twenty seven years with legitimate credentials covering real teams. So and I worked for the league for eight years. Am I what why am I not qualified? And so if you want, don't want to use myself because I don't want to sound self serving, Carl Ravitch doesn't have a Hall of Fame vote. Bob Costas doesn't have a Hall of Fame vote. What more did Susan Waldman doesn't have a Hall of Fame vote. 
Why? Because she didn't put print uh, words on a on a newspaper. That's what's antiquated. And I do believe, and I don't mean conservative in the term of the right left toxic politics conversation, but it is a very conservative vote when it comes to the Hall of Fame. And it's because you're limiting it to a field that is transforming and diminishing. And if you allowed radio and television, and when I say you don't want to count my career, that's fine. But I I mentioned icons, Carl Ravitz, Ed Randall has seen more baseball than you and I put together. Why do these guys not have Hall of Fame votes? I'm not campaigning for them even to be Hall of Famers. Just give them votes. That's all I'm saying. They should have as much votes, as many votes, as the typical writer for the Kansas City Star. Okay, that's fair. But I'll tell you, as soon as you open up that door, then they're going to have to figure out who out of the the 5,000 guys who would want to make an argument that they deserve one, will they actually Mattingly Mattingly would be a Hall of Famer, uh, you know, because the the Mattingly-Kirby Puckett argument was holding stern. Kirby Puckett, Don Mattingly's numbers are identical. They are identical. The only difference is that Puckett won two World Series. That's it. And uh, did get uh, Kirby in. All right, let's talk about this year's class, which everyone has already cast their vote, and they will announce it after the first of the year. It's the ongoing debate of uh, performance-enhancing drugs. And Clements and Bonds are on there last year with the writer eligibility. Schilling, who's got other things working against him, even asked to be taken off the ballot this year. He wasn't. He's still on there. He was the closest to getting in last year, didn't when uh, they took a, a goose egg for those who got voted in, you add A-Rod and Big Poppy into the mix. Is PEDs going to ru- uh, rule the day when we have the uh, Hall of Fame announcement this year again? Well, again, you know, trying to, to figure out the, just the writer's mind. It's not the baseball broadcaster. It's not the baseball fan. It's just these group of writers. Uh, if you vote for Alex Rodriguez, you have to vote for Barry Bonds. There's no question. And if you vote for David Ortiz, you have to vote for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. There is no question that those guys did it. They were penalized. For, well, well, Ortiz is different than Alex. What I'm referring to is Alex. He was suspended, and they and everybody knows it. It's been well documented. But he also played in a different era than Bonds and Clemens. Bonds and Clemens' cases have been well-documented. We've discussed them, you and I, dozens of times on various talk shows. Yep. The difference, the difference that comes in Ortiz, because Ortiz was supposed to have an anonymous test in 2003, it got leaked. But is that any different than leaked grand jury testimony that appeared in a book called Game of Shadow? There is literally no difference between Barry Bonds and David Ortiz. So if you vote for Ortiz and or Alex, you have to vote for Bonds and Clemens. What do the writers do with that? Your guess is as good as mine. What I do right. think, I don't think, and I don't think all four get in. And I also don't think Kurt Schilling gets in. But, but vice versa, if you're not voting for Bonds and or Clemens, you haven't been and you're not going to change your opinion on their 10th and right. final time on the ballot. That means you can't vote for A-Rod or Ortiz as well. You said if you vote for A-Rod or Ortiz, then you got to go back and vote for Bonds and Clements. Correct. I think Bonds and Clements actually move the needle more than Ortiz and A-Rod do. Well, I, I agree, you know, in the sense that both of those guys were not suspended. 
And it was a different process back then. You know, the, the, the leaked grand jury testimony, you know, there was there was a trial for Bonds and he was acquitted. Um, in Clemens' situation, it was literally one guy's word against his. There was never a positive test. So it didn't make a difference. Um, and I covered both those guys. I was at, you know, Capitol Hill. I was in Congress when when the steroid hearings were happening. I saw Raphael Palmero wave his finger and, you know, <laughs> Sammy Sosa forget English. I, I, as I said, for a sports guy to get to go to Capitol Hill like that, I was thrilled. Steroids were very, very good to me. I, lo- I loved it. Um, I loved covering it. I didn't love the experience. And my attitude on steroids has always been, if you were a friend of mine, I prayed that you never did it. And I looked players in the eye and asked them off the record. And I told players, superstar players, all-star players, I told them, if you did steroids, look me in the eye, I won't even talk about it. I won't report it. You have my trust. And they denied it. And that made me happy. You know, Alex Rodriguez and I have a hate-hate relationship. The fact that he did steroids (laughs) doesn't move the needle for me one bit. You wouldn't vote if uh, he hadn't uh, been suspended. You would vote for him if he hadn't been suspended. Yes, he had a Hall of Fame career. Okay, fair enough. But he uh, was but... but he was suspended. You can't take it back. And you can't. And the uh, thing with past... Bonds, there's one argument that I hate is the argument that Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he did steroids. That's nonsense. It's the sum of the parts. He did it. He cheated. He, everybody knows he cheated, and it's been well documented that he cheated. If you look past that, I'm fine with it, but uh, people aren't looking past it. Yeah, uh, you and I are in uh, lockstep on that one. All right, uh, this coming off season. Yeah, I don't know that the Hall of Fame will uh, take our attention off the fact that we might not have a season in 2022. I'm pretty sure we will, but it might be delayed. It might be truncated. There's some pretty bad tidings between the two sides, starting with this lockout that was just implemented, just uh, ripping apart the offseason. There's some bad blood between these two parties. We know it always comes down to money. Where are the compromised places? Where can they actually come to if both sides are willing to move? And it always comes down to who's going to move more. Is there enough landing room to put the plane down? Right. Let me correct one thing, though. There, this is not the distrust that Don Fear and Bud Selig had in the 90s and the early 2000s. I covered those negotiations. There was a big difference. Uh, Don Fear and Bud Selig hated each other. And unless Congress got involved, Don Fear never took Bud Selig's phone call. There's a massive, massive difference to what we're talking about when it comes to uh, th- th- this relationship. Tony Clark and Robert Manfred don't hate each other. They actually like each other. The thing about it is, is the league is recognizing the changes that have overcome this sport. The less, the, the de-emphasis of starting pitching, the de-emphasis of defense, a lot of the meritocracy that has, you know, been in players' contracts is no longer. And what's changed as a result is they want to change the structure in which guys are paid. And the the one way they want to do it is they want to implement some of these advanced statistics and use that for performance clauses in contracts. The union is saying, absolutely not. Let's just look at your bottom line. What's your national television revenue? And the national television revenue, if you look at the numbers, 
between the ESPN, the Turner deal, and the Fox deal, it turns out to only be about $60 million a year per team. Now, if you are demeaning regional sports networks, and that's what's happening, they, they are diminishing. Uh, my prediction is within five years, you'll have a la carte baseball viewing, meaning if you want to buy the Yankee package, you can buy the Yankees. You don't have to buy the Yes Network or have cable. If that's true, the number of, re of, of regional money and local money is going to be much more balanced because you're not going to have, you know, the Texas Rangers are going to be a la carte just like the New York Yankees will. And so all that's changing. And what the union is saying for this CBA, let's do it the way we've always done it. And that's really what all this fight is. And so what it, the difference is, is that past negotiations have always been salary cap or no. This one is, has the game changed or not? And if, is this the same sport? Because it doesn't get the same ratings, and it's not the same pace of play, and the strikeouts are prominent. How do you govern all those things, and what legislation can you put? You know, all this talk about a DH and – you know, extra inning rules and all that stuff, that's window dressing. They have fundamental problems. My suggestion for baseball was last year. Last year, you were locked down. You were shut down. You hodgepodge the season together. That's when you should have negotiated your collective bargaining agreement. And my prediction is they do not start on time. Yeah, but that one's out the door now. Um, one question I got to ask you, and again, uh, you might know more than me uh, about the regionalization of broadcasts and a la carte and not have to buy an entire uh, regional sports network to be able to get that team's programming. So teams will produce their own broadcasts? Is that what it's going to come to? Because no, if no, it's no. Just... No, what they want to do is they want to have it uh, they want to get rid of the blackout rules that are in the United States and you're doing a national program. So I'm talking to somebody in Nevada who there are seven teams that are blacked out. If you're listening to CBS sports radio in Guam, you can't see the giants or the A's. If you're in Helena, Montana, you can't see the Mariners, even though it takes an entire day to get to the T-Mobile park. The, those things are ridiculous. And so what they're saying is, because streaming has taken over our world. What they want, what baseball wants to do is what hockey wants to do and what the NBA wants to do. And that is make it so that if I am a fan in living in the Bronx, I can pay a fee and see the New York Yankees. I don't have to have cable right now. The way things stand, I cannot see the yes network unless I have a cable deal. That's what's changing. And with the NFL Sunday ticket up for sale, and if Apple or Amazon or ESPN Plus gets a hold of the out-of-market football games, you are going to see a cord-cutting exodus in the millions of people that will be dropping DirecTV who only have it because they live in a city where they're, they're, you know, their NFL team is not seen. So the guy in Phoenix that likes the Philadelphia Eagles that guy has DirecTV right now, but in two years, that person won't have that. Baseball wants to not lose that viewer because if you don't have cable, you will not be able to see your local team. That can't happen. If you think about a 17-year-old kid going to college next year, and let's say they go to college in their general area, 
if I'm a, a 17 year old Phillies fan and I don't go and I go to Villanova, if you make it so that I can't see the Phillies, you've lost me as a fan. Baseball wants to try and avoid that. I, I understand everything except who's going to produce the games. If no, they're going to be streamed the, rather than on a cable outlet, who is actually producing the games? No, I think the regional networks will still be producing them. But what I think they'll do is they'll put those broadcasts in-house. So it'll be the same announcers. It'll be the same sport you know. It's just not going to be that in order to see the Mets, you need SNY. If you need the Mets, you have to be able to purchase the Mets. Just like if I live in New York and I'm a Mariners fan, I will still see Dave Sims call the game. Okay. The difference but is here's... I don't have to have cable. Here's the problem with it. Um, some of these deals were cut with exclusivity included. And they have 10 years, 12 years, 14 years to run on them, which means that, that, that you can't stream the show. If they've got exclusive broadcast rights, then you can't just stream it somewhere else because they paid the tens, hundreds of millions of dollars for those broadcast rights. Don't they have to wait till all those deals expire before going to an all-streaming world? Well, no, because everybody can be bought. And I'll reference another sport, uh, and I'll plug my podcast at the same moment. Sports with Go Friends, a, a podcast that you did an episode of. Yes. Uh, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman was on. I brought this exact subject up, and all he looked me in the eye, and he said, we are on it. They are figuring out how to pay off these regional networks for the ability to run the same ads on a streaming service. Because that's what it is. It's the Yes Network sells a Budweiser ad for the fifth inning of a Yankees game. Why can't that Budweiser ad also count for the guy watching it on his iPad? Uh, that's true, too. But uh, it, it, it's a high-level negotiation that's certainly over my head. Might be over yours, hopefully, Gary Bettman. And all the powers that be in MLB get it figured out. All right, yes, uh, Sports with Friends. It was my pleasure to do your podcast Hall of Justice. All right, I got a. I'm not. I'm not a big Marvel guy. I know Marvel runs the entertainment universe and movies these <laughs> days. Uh, I was in the car with my daughter the other day, and she told me that the new Spider-Man movie is going to be the best of them all because they're going to have the old Spider-Mans come back because timelines have crossed and all, and just all going right over my head. If I made the statement to you, the new Spider-Man movie coming out is going to be the greatest of all time, would you tell me, Jody, just give up? You have no bloody idea what you're talking about. Or would you say, hey, Jody, you got good sources? Well, I love that your daughters are trying to teach you the ways of the world now. <laughs> and what I, what I love is that, that, look, the movie looks great. The plot is kind of flimsy because Tom Holland's character, as great an actor as he is, Tom Holland's character just gets into trouble. He constantly is just getting himself into capers. He is the clumsiest Spider-Man I've ever seen. But everybody's excited for nostalgia. You're seeing uh, Norman Osborn. You're seeing uh, Dr. Octopus. You're seeing in the trailers all the bad guys from all the old movies. Now all they need is confirmation that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in it, and all the nostalgia happiness will be there. And people don't forget that just five years ago, they lambasted the Andrew Garfield movies, and now everybody's begging Andrew Garfield to have a cameo in this one. It's a, it's a fickle world we live in as far as superheroes are concerned, but, man, 
isn't it great that we can talk about it on a radio station? When I started my career in sports radio, I was told, you bring up Batman? That's not what men talk about. It is now. Fun. Yeah, a little bit, I guess. Uh, and uh, give me the details on your Twitch Thursday night football gig. Yeah, we signed a contract with the National Football League because of Amazon's rights to Thursday night football. Twitch is owned by Amazon, and we have exclusive rights. So it's not a watch party per se. It's the actual game. So fake Manning cast, but with a joker like me, what you do is you go to my Twitch channel, you follow me on Twitter at Seth underscore Everett, and every Thursday night that there's a game, including a playoff game, we have a playoff game. This nice. Year. Uh, we host the games, and you can watch it right on Twitch. And it's really fun. It's very interactive. There's a prediction game. So for all you, you know, nonstop wanting to make predictions and make bets and things like that, uh, it, it turns out to be a lot, a lot of fun. But every Thursday night, and we've seen some really good games. So last week, I thought we were going to have a stinker. I was getting ready for all my rain delay theater material from the old days. I was going <laughs> to fill time with it. But it turned out we actually got an entertaining game. The NFL is not on just Thursday night, but Sunday night, Monday night, all the prime times. They've, uh, some, there's some luck involved, but also some good scheduling. They have had a bunch of great games that have come down right to the wire. Uh, Seth, thank you very much for hopping on with me tonight. After the Hall of Fame vote comes down, maybe I'll get you on sometime in January. We'll go back and talk about Bonds and Clements and Chilling and Ortiz and A-Rod, depending on how the vote goes. Thanks for hopping out with me tonight, buddy. If I don't talk to you before the holidays, have a great one. I'd love to. Jody, you're the best. I'll talk to you that, soon. That is Seth Everett, a uh, guy who I've been having on as a guest for, oh, the last 20 years or so. Uh, as he said, worked for the league, MLB.com for years, uh, was a pre- and post-game show host for the Mariners. Uh, he's a big-time baseball guy, but he's expanded his universe, doing a lot of different things. Check out his Thursday night Twitch thing. All right, Jody Mack coming back. We'll get the phones reopened. 855-212-4227. Get on with the Mac man here on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.